Hi, this is Kylie Gable. Welcome to a brand new season of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. Uh, as you know, I took the last month off, and it was just because it was about time. You know, 25 episodes, and then I take a month off. And last month, it was really good timing. Some of you I know uh, know uh, my mom passed away last month, so I'm doing okay. I've gotten a lot of a lot of people wishing me well, and I really appreciate that. Um, but I don't know how much work I would have really gotten done last month, so the timing actually worked out worked out really well. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this new season. I have got some new people coming in, and I've got some old friends who are returning who are going to be great. And one of those people who's returning, I think she actually had the last audio of last season, is Shayla Aspasia. And she's here now. We're going to do a little Skype interview uh, before we do the audio. So welcome, Shayla. Thank you, Kylie. And I do want to say that I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, I know we've been talking, you know, we, we're close friends off yes. of Night Flirt, off of the podcast. So, but, you know, you, you know, I'm here for you anytime you need me. And I've, I've taken advantage of that already. So I really appreciate that. You know that. I know. Well, I'm so, here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are my, my most prolific uh, voice. And uh, you actually, we, we, we were talking about it. Um, you know, I assigned out a whole bunch of these audios. And I, I, I didn't realize what one we had. I thought we had a story called Reunion. And we actually had a story called Summer Reunion. When you have 400 books... Some titles can be pretty similar to, to others. And so what, what you're reading, Shayla, I believe, is actually a two-part story. Yes, it is. And it's, it's good we figured that out. Um, it's kind of like The Good, Bad, and Sissy. When, I, when you first sent the books over to me, you know, it just read GBS. And I'm, I, I hadn't opened it yet. So, yeah, there was a little bit of a communication breakdown. But I think this is going to be a really good story, too. Yeah, it, it is a good story. I'm liking it so far. I know when we talked about it before, um, you you were like, "Oh man, this one's a real long one," and I'm like, eh, "Maybe it is seven thousand <laughs> words." I didn't realize it. Well, you know, it's it's over twelve thousand because it's actually two stories, and so we're going to do part one this week, and we're going to do part two next week, and part one. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to have this as a recording. I don't even remember all of this story because the first fiction story I ever wrote is actually up on I think in its entirety on on the on my on the blog homepage, not the blog, the podcast homepage. It's called Blind Date. That's the first story I wrote. Stories two through ten were writing about my college experiences. And Blind Date was writing about a phone call I had. We basically did a role play, and I, I made a story out of it. The summer reunion stories are the first stories I ever did that are just purely out of my own head, pure fiction. So if you're liking some of my new stories, this is kind of my evolution as a writer. I think a lot of things I've improved on, but some things I think are, are very similar, you know? Um, and... Um, what is your favorite part so far, Shayla? Well, I liked, you know, how he he was so confident. He goes out there. He's ready to write. And how he just immediately 
dropped into that submissive state when he saw these ladies that tormented him early in life. And it just, it just had some really funny parts, you know, the way they, they used his, his fiance against him as leverage to get him to do what, you know, they wanted him to do. And as usual, your stories definitely have some humor. They're very dirty at times. <laughs> Lots of humor. I'm never, I, I, I am never going to forget party favor. I mean, I've never really, I've never blushed until I read that story. So, yeah, I'm looking for where it goes. <laughs> it's kind of well, a cliffhanger where we're, sto- where we're stopping. So I'm like, I, 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 I'm eager to see the second part. You know, well, one, of the, one of the things uh, that I've learned from like reading Stephen King books, no matter how much a writer thinks that his story is not autobiographical, if if there's a writer in it, you can pretty much be sure what character that writer represents. And so yes. <laughs> it's like my my only book about someone writing. And, I, and so I, I think there's a lot of me in that particular character. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I do know how uh, things come out of your past. You, It's hard, you know, your, your past revisits you or however you want to put it. Um, for me, that has been Deanna. Uh, in my college stories, obviously, as in actual life, Amanda was the ringleader at college. Deanna is the woman who found me on, on Facebook. I felt like I was hiding. And reconnected with me. And Deanna was Amanda's best friend in there for all of it. And I inter- I'm still hoping to get her on my podcast. When I interviewed her for my blog several years back, she asked me if I was still passable. And I told her, uh, for me to dress up again, I would need one of the three Bs. And she said, what are the three Bs? And I said, bondage, blackmail, or a beatdown. And she said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she said, so if you had a dear sweet friend from college who had like a thousand pictures of you that you wouldn't want tagged on Facebook, would that count as blackmail? Well, I said, you wouldn't dare. And she said, let's talk about your Halloween costume. Now, Shayla. I know you've 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 you 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 have calls from sissies all the time. Oh, Halloween yes. is supposed to be the safe time for sissies, right? Well, you <laughs> you're not hiding anything, Kylie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the first year, I dressed up as Audrey Hepburn from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay, that was fine. The second year. There was a new Beauty and the Beast movie out. I wound up dressing up as Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Which she loved. Mm-hmm. She also said that she loved my friend's house where they had the big Halloween party. And she told me that since she was redecorating her house, she would love to have it looking like my friend's house. So... As a result, I wound up sending her pictures of my friend's house. Every single room. All right. So I have a tendency of getting set up in these things really badly. Uh-huh. 
So the next year when she tells me I'm going to be the Little Mermaid, she informs me that she knows every single room in my friend's house, so she wants Halloween pictures from my friend's house. So that meant the first year I went to the Halloween party as Belle, Beauty from Beauty and the Beast. The second year I went to the Halloween party as um, the Little Mermaid. The third year I went as Jasmine from Aladdin. The fourth year, which was just last year, I went as Cinderella. As you said, I don't know that I'm hiding anything when I keep going as a different Disney princess every year. <laughs> no, you're not. And, and, and you know, um, you and I share a lot. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is just me personally talking to you in front of the whole world. Excuse us. <laughs> yeah. I, I share my, my eccentric decorating around my house. Oh I share all this gosh. stuff with you. <laughs> yes. I want to see these pictures. You've seen my crazy, gigantic giraffe in the living room. I want to see these pictures. I have. I actually have had most of them up at, uh, on Twitter over the years. I will, I will send them. Um, <laughs> Belle is a really riot of a dress. It's huge. I mean, it could do social distancing. Uh, keep the six feet circle. Um uh, and this year, this coming year, if COVID goes away and we can actually have a Halloween party, uh, I'm going to be letting it go as Elsa from from Frozen. So, oh, nice! It's really embarrassing to be going to my friends every year as a different Disney princess. But yeah, that's the past catching up with me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so, um, what are you uh, working on right now? I have been so lazy and I know that doesn't sound good. It's just the truth. Um, I have taken a little bit of time off. I shouldn't have. I just, I don't know. This pandemic has just, I painted my friggin' mailbox the other day. I'm bored. I went out of the house. It's hard for me to stay in the house and create when I can't really get out and go do things when I'm off. So I'm just like, it's been difficult. I will say that, but I am getting back to it. Um, talking about things that, you know, you were talking about how um, a lot of the things you wrote were from your own experience. That is what I've started working on again. Um, Diane Calloway, um, I know she also reads a lot of your, your yeah, books. Um, times on her. Yeah, she's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I did not oh, realize how. Absolutely. Oh, she is. She's wonderful. Her voice is so incredible. And I, I, I talked to her on the phone, like as a personal friend, cause I called her one day and asked her advice. I don't know, a couple of years ago and we were talking and, um, but her, when she reads, I didn't realize how pretty it was. I, when I first started writing, it was kind of like what you're talking about. Everything was a true experience. Like something had really happened in my life. And, um, she just did submissive fantasies for me. And, um, Usually I don't put that kind of stuff up on Night Flirt or the clip sites or anything um, just because I've gone the other direction. But um, she just did that and it sounded so amazing. And it was so interesting to hear something that had really happened to me in my life being read by Diane. And her voice is just so perfect. And right now I'm working on um, recording several of those that were real life. I'm sorry, I think you broke up. Right now you're. Right now, I'm sorry, sorry, you broke up there a little bit. Right now, you're working on what? 
Oh, right now I'm working on um, stuff that is more of that stuff that I wrote in the beginning that is just real life stuff that happened to me. See, so, yeah. Those those that, make those make awesome stories. I I really believe that. I think nothing's been more received well received than my college stories. I really believe that. There's something about a, an actual true story that just it has a different feeling to it. It does. Does it make you horny though? That's the question because with mine it does. It's like I don't know. I'm going down memory lane and I'm like, oh, I remember when he did that against the wall in the shower. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> usually, I always say my own writing never gets me horny, but sometimes hearing someone like you with a sexy voice reading it, it can. Um, one of the things when I first started doing my college stories that, that did happen, um, I had a, a British woman, a lesbian, who loved erotica. And she absolutely loved my stories. And so I had her reading my my Welcome to College stories and giving a review on them. And she didn't realize they were true stories. And so when she would talk about it, she's like, I really love this story, but Kylie is such a wimp. I mean, I can't believe the girls could just kick his ass like that. And oh, why doesn't he ever, you know... He tries to stand up for himself, but it's always like such a girly boy. He's such a sissy. And, and there was just something really kind of sexy about how humiliating it was that she had no idea she was actually talking about th- about me and things I did. So, oh, so, I love it. You know, <laughs> she was so embarrassed when I told her, you know, those are actually what <laughs> You know, that's what we need to do. That's actually what we need to do is we need to like find women that aren't familiar with you, that don't know you on a very personal basis like I do, and find these ladies and get them to, like, read your stories and then give their opinion on the character. <laughs> can you imagine? I can. And then we can, like, get on your podcast one a week. <laughs> I have a feeling that would be quite interesting. She, um, really, she, um, you know... She really did really enjoy him, but it was like, yeah, she she would always be so merciless. And she would do it on Goodreads, so a bunch of people would, like, who knew knew those were true stories would read that and, like, snicker, you know. Um, right. You know. Okay, so uh, you might not have, uh, you might not have um, caught this, but uh, at the end I was, like, kind of rambling because I kept waiting for Shayla to, to say something, and, and she didn't. Um, and, and the reason is that, like, in the middle, our, our phone got disconnected. I'm having some pretty bad storms here, and so pretty heavy rain. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. But Shayla is back. Hi, Shayla. Hello. You got to listen to me talk to myself, even though I didn't know you were still listening. <laughs> yeah. So we, Trying we to fix kinda, it. Trying to troubleshoot it. We kind of got reconnected. and uh, But we're pretty much, yeah. I mean... I have a very small little list of things I wanted to talk about. Let's see. New season, which, like I said, good stuff coming. I promise you that. What you've been up to, and I think we covered that. Um, lazy. Very yeah, lazy. Very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about the story, and yep, we did. Uh, what's going on with Summer Reunion? Oh, it's a writer who goes away to be working on his book and runs into the girls who made his life miserable when he was going to the same place back. He's, he's like at a beach community kind of thing, a little beach house. 
And the same girls who made his life miserable when he was a teenager happen to have the same house next door. So he's trying to write his book, and, and they have other ideas. Um, and then um, I did. we did talk a little bit about how the past could catch up with you. I, I kind of gave you a rambling story. I hope you enjoyed it. I went on way too long with that. And then um, that was about it. That's all I had on my list. So I think uh, we're ready for the audio. Um, brand new one from Shayla called uh, Summer Reunion. Anything you want to add? No, not that I can think of. Not that I can think of. I. It's been good to be back on your show and getting Always back to work. You. you are my most prolific and one of my absolute best um, audio people and voiceover actresses, um, narrators, whatever you want to call yourselves. You're, you're one of my best, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do the interview with me. So here is Summer Reunion. The next day, William was up bright and early to write, but progress was slow. He could see the girls pull up and decided that the mature thing to do was to offer to help them with their luggage. He felt a need to show them that he was now a mature adult and a successful writer. He was no longer the little nerd they had terrorized. The girls seemed genuinely happy to see him. They hugged and exchanged greetings. They had both grown into very attractive women. Gina had an amazing body and was actually a couple of inches taller than him at five foot nine. Julie, on the other hand, was a little shorter, but still a beautiful blonde with a very sexy style. Well, aren't you sweet, said Julie, as she saw William struggling with her heavy suitcase. He would freak if he knew that everything in there was for him in one way or another. He's become quite the gentleman, smiled Gina. She laughed to herself, watching how William was struggling with a suitcase that she had just moved to the car with relative ease. We brought some rum. What say you come over and swim with us, and we'll make a toast or two for old friends? I'm sorry, but I'm up here to ride. I didn't even bring a swimsuit, he replied honestly. Hmm, I bet I have a swimsuit you could wear, suggested Monica. Uh, I don't think so, replied William nervously looking like he saw a ghost. No, not like that, smiled Monica. Just the bottoms. Nobody else will even see. I shouldn't, responded William. I'm just here to work. You girls have fun, though. Not a chance, handsome, cooed Julie. The water looks great. It'll be fun. I can't. I, I don't want, replied William nervously. You're going to do it, Billy. Get the swimsuit, Monica, said Gina as if there was no doubt in her mind. A few minutes later, Monica returned from the house and handed William a green low-rise bathing suit. William went to the girls' bathroom, feeling a little self-conscious about a lack of noticeable bulge in the bikini bottoms. As he returned, the girls already had him rum and a pineapple juice ready to hand him. Gina made the drink strong, but it helped ease William's self-consciousness. By the time they hit the beach half an hour later, everybody was feeling a very good buzz, but especially William. He could feel a familiar warm feeling and was already noticing his nose feeling numb. Everybody was laughing and joking, but it seemed to William that he was drunker than anyone else. 
After a quick dip in the lake and more rum, everybody retired over to the beach, where there were some old wooden chase lounges. The sun was warm and felt great after the cold swim. Gina kept the drinks coming, and soon William was on the verge of passing out. He had very little awareness as Monica put the top half of his swimsuit on him, and Julie applied tanning lotion. He was passed out sound asleep in a few hours, and later when the girls turned him over onto his stomach. Around four in the afternoon, when William groggily came to, he looked around to find himself all alone. He looked down and was disgusted to find how he was dressed. He stormed up to the door of Monica to give her a piece of his mind. He wasn't a wimpy teenager anymore. These girls couldn't treat him like this. Monica opened the door, looking like she had just sobered up from a hard morning of drinking. The light of the sun caused her to squint and shield her eyes with the sun. She caught sight of William, and she began laughing hysterically. "'It's not funny. You promised that you wouldn't do anything like this,' demanded William. "'Oh, Billy, I'm so sorry. We were all so drunk. I don't even know who put that on you.' "'It was probably Julie,' consoled Monica. "'Well, I am pissed off now,' replied William. "'I'm sure you are, but you've got another problem,' said Monica. "'What's that?' asked a cautious William. You better wash off that tanning lotion before you get some embarrassing tan lines, warned Monica. Oh, shit, cried William. Look, you can use our shower. I have some good soap in there. It'll get all that remains of that lotion off of you. It's in a pink bottle on the bathtub, suggested Monica. I don't know. If this is a trick, I'm going to be pissed, said William. William stormed into the bathroom, turned on the water, and began lathering himself up with the soap from the pink bottle. He was happy to notice that it didn't have a real feminine smell, just the touch of strawberry. He quickly rubbed the soap into his legs and his arms and onto his chest. He was covered in the soap when he felt a familiar burning sensation on his skin. As he rinsed himself off, the fears were realized. It wasn't soap. It was a depilatory that he was using. William stopped before he completely denuded himself, but his chest was smooth now, as were his underarms. His legs were splotchy, but a lot of the hair remained. William was fuming. If anything, the lack of body hair made the tan lines on his chest stand out even more. Sure, he could stay inside and write, but Catherine would be up to visit in four days, and he had no idea how to explain the situation to her. He stormed out to the living room and let loose with his wrath when he saw Monica. Very funny. You got me again. Really fucking funny. Real mature. What are you talking about? questioned Monica. Getting me to use the hair remover in the shower. What's next? Crazy gluing fake nails? demanded William. Calm down. I told you the soap was in the pink bottle on the tub. The hair remover was the fuchsia bottle and under the sink, said Monica calmly. Well, I don't have any hair on my chest and arms anymore. That was no soap, said William. I'm sorry, Billy, said Monica. But William was already headed out the door. The next four days passed slowly for William. He avoided the girls but couldn't help gazing out the window at them 
when they went outside. He decided that he was better off just shaving his leg hair than leaving the splotchy and even clumps that the depilatory had left with him. He was able to get more work on his novel done, and on Friday night he was all dressed up for Catherine's arrival. William was excited to see his fiancée, but traffic was worse than she had expected, and they had barely said hello before he was whisking her off to the dinner reservations. After a very romantic dinner, they arrived back at the beach house and walked to look out on the lake hand in hand. Hey, Billy, is this your fiancé? called out Monica from her front porch. The one and the same, responded Catherine. Well, Billy talks about you all the time, she lied. You mean he's got three single women living next door to him? I might have to be up here more often. How's he going to get any work done, joked Catherine. Oh, you don't have anything to worry about, Catherine. We go way back. Billy is like a brother to us. We've known him since before high school, called Gina. Let's just go inside, whispered William, obviously uncomfortable. Don't be rude, responded Catherine in a hushed tone. They seem nice. So do piranhas, replied William. I'm afraid William is mad at us, Catherine, called Monica. Oh, whatever for, responded Catherine. He has some rather unfortunate tan lines on his chest, replied Monica. He's mad about tan lines, smiled Catherine. Afraid so, responded Julie. Well, this sounds like a story, said Catherine, approaching the girls. Gina handed her a light beer. William had no idea what to do. He didn't want to speak with the girls or have Catherine find out about his past, but he also had no intention of leaving Catherine alone with them, so he moved over and sat on the second chair of the wooden porch. Well, Catherine, one day we went out to the beach, but Billy didn't bring a swimsuit with him, so I loaned him one of mine, smiled Monica. Oh my, was this like a bikini or a one-piece, giggled Catherine. It was a bikini. But he only wore the bottoms, replied Monica. Oh, so he kept his dignity, at least, laughed Catherine. Well, he did until we drank too much and fell asleep, said Monica. Ha! I knew there was a story here, responded Catherine. I'm afraid Junia and Julie took it upon themselves to put the top on him as well, said Monica. Really? So he's got a bikini tan line right now, laughed Catherine. I don't know how it could fade in only a few days, replied Monica. Oh, this I have to see, said Catherine. Open up your shirt, Billy. I want to see. William was pissed that Catherine was finding out about his misadventure and even more alarmed that she called him Billy. Since becoming an adult, he had insisted that people call him William, even Catherine. No, I don't think so, said William. I do, replied Catherine. Come on, we all deserve a laugh. William was just in the process of refusing when Gina got up and quickly reached over and pulled the bottom part of William's polo out of his pants and pulled it up over his chest, pinning his arms behind him. Catherine got a good look at the tan line and nearly fell off the stairs laughing. William wanted to leave, but he wouldn't have dared even if his arms weren't pinned by his shirt. Catherine noticed the deep tan line even in the dusk, but she also noticed that his chest was hairless. She playfully rubbed her hand over the smooth chest as William squirmed. 
That night, when they returned home, William was embarrassed, but Catherine insisted it was just harmless fun. She asked him about his hairlessness, and he told her what had happened. She told him that she really liked it, so not to worry. William's fears were realized when Catherine became fast friends with the girls. The next day, they took her into town to look at the local jewelry and craft stores. William wasn't invited, which was fine with him. He spent the day working on the new novel. He was livid when Catherine informed him that they'd be eating dinner with the girls tonight, but he knew how hard Catherine was to talk out of something when she made up her mind. The evening's meal was delicious. Gina and William handled the grilling responsibilities and made beer canned chicken. They ate outside, looking at the waves, which were starting to grow larger as storm clouds were brewing overhead. They had no sooner finished eating when the storm blew up in earnest, and they all had to sprint inside, taking whatever plates they could carry with them. There was an old Monopoly game in the house, and at William's insistence, everybody sat down for a game. Monica had built a large lead, but only William seemed particularly interested in the game. I love the lake when the weather's nice, and I like to read, but when the weather is crummy, I want my electronics, said Catherine. Oh, I know what you mean, said Julie. I think it's kind of tranquil, objected William. You know, when this used to happen when we were younger, we used to make our own fun, smiled Monica. Sure, games like Monopoly or telling ghost stories killing a lot of time, said William, suddenly getting an uneasy feeling in his stomach. I was thinking more of Brittany, laughed Monica. Brittany who? asked puzzled Catherine. Brittany Spears, answered Gina. Oh, it's kind of sad she went nuts. I used to love her when I was younger. I used to sing along to her CDs all the time. I think I wore them out, said a giddy Catherine. That's awesome, smiled Julie. It sure is. She's got something in common with her fiancé, laughed Monica. Stop it, Monica, shouted William. Don't overreact, honey, said Catherine. It's no big deal. I think it's cute that you were man enough to sing along. Not just sing, said Julia. She used to dress up and sing and dance with us to a karaoke DVD. She was really good. Wait, she wore dresses to do this? asked Catherine. Oh, she used to dress up all the time for us, said Monica. I wish I could have seen that, said Catherine. Monica, let's go home now, demanded William. Don't be silly. It's pouring over there, and things inside just got interesting, giggled Catherine. You know, Catherine, I have about a half a dozen scrapbooks of Lily, if you'd like to see them, suggested Monica. Is Lily what you called William? asked Catherine. It sure is, laughed Gina. No, demanded William. No what? responded Julia. Tell you what, said Gina. Remember how we used to arm wrestle when we were younger? If you beat me, then Monica won't show Catherine the scrapbooks. But if I win, then you let Julie dress you up and do your Brittany act for us. I'm not going to arm wrestle you. This is stupid, said William, crossing his arms and sulking. Don't tell me you're afraid to arm wrestle a woman, asked Catherine. The moment the words left Catherine's mouth, William was sunk. He had felt that his masculinity was being stripped right in front of his girlfriend, and now, if he didn't wrestle Gina, he'd look like he was backing down because he was a scared girl. And she would kick his ass. Fine, but if I win, this all ends tonight, demanded William. Okay, 
But if you are uppering the stakes, then we get to do the same, chided Monica. When you lose, you'll answer to the name Lily as long as you're at the summer house. This is so stupid, said William, putting his right elbow on the table. Think you can finally beat me, Billy? said Gina with a supreme confidence. William looked over at Catherine. She was really getting into this little contest. He had to show her that he was the man here and do it fast, or his relationship would face some serious repercussions. Gina and William locked arms, and immediately Gina noticed that it wasn't as easy to beat William as it used to be. Still, he was struggling, and he was barely able to budge her arm. Oh, he's sweating now, Gina, laughed Julie. Come on, Gina, kick his ass, cheered Catherine. Even your girlfriend is rooting against you, Lily, laughed Monica. William was straining now. Finally, Gina had enough. She exerted herself and pushed William's hand to the table. It was over. In glee, Gina taunted, Take that, bitch. William tried to pull his arm up from the table, but Gina held him down firmly and squeezed his hand in her iron grip. Let my arm up, he whined. "'What's your name?' asked Gina. "'You know what it is,' responded William in discomfort. "'Say it,' demanded Gina. "'It's... it's Lily,' said William glumly. "'The girls all cheered his admission, "'but nobody seemed more excited than Catherine. "'Oh, Lily, do you want us to make you pretty?' asked Gina, "'continuing to squeeze his hand. "'William dropped to his knees to try to lessen the pressure.' Yes, nodded William. Then beg us, ordered Gina. Please make me look pretty, please, said William, defeated. All you had to do was ask, Lily. Why don't you step into my beauty salon and we'll get you all pretty, said Julie. William stood and tried to rub the pain out of his hand. Reluctantly, he followed Julie into the bedroom while Monica poured everybody another glass of wine. As William entered Julie's bedroom, it felt like old times. She went through a drawer and tossed him a black bra and panties and a nude pair of pantyhose. He went to the bathroom and returned after putting them on. Now to make you pretty, smiled Julie. Why are you doing this, pouted William? Because you were born to do this. Besides, it's fun for us, said Julie, as she spread liquid foundation over his face. William had been in this situation many times before. And that same helpless feeling came over him as Julie began to pluck stray hairs from his eyebrows. They definitely didn't cross the line into feminine, but they were no longer really masculine either when she was done. Monica stuck her head in the door and snickered as she saw William sitting there in his feminine underwear. We put in the karaoke DVD. Let's start with Slave for You, said Monica. I've got just a thing, but he needs a strapless bra, replied Julie. Fifteen minutes later, the music began on the DVD. The lyrics were written on the screen, but William knew it by heart already from all the times he had to do it for the girls when he was a teenager. Catherine knew that William would make an attractive woman, but she was in no way ready for what she saw. Stepping into the room, dancing to the music was her fiancé. How could he dance like that on those black heels? They had to be four inches. William was wearing a black mesh dress with ruffled trim with floral print lace that didn't even make it to mid-thigh. 
His hairless legs looked very shapely in those hosiery, and the padding in the dress cups gave him a very noticeable cleavage. Julie had taken great care with his hair. Out of the ponytail and teased, she saw what a great head of shiny blonde hair he had. His eyes looked so big and his bright red lips were radiating sex. Catherine couldn't believe it. Catherine was very impressed by his dancing and especially his looks. But she was floored by his voice, which had all the baby girl sexiness that Britney Spears had, even when she was younger. He had such a convincing voice and look that she could barely believe it was her fiancé. She had to record his performance on the phone. She was dressed as a schoolgirl to perform Baby One More Time in a more virginal pink summer dress to sing more than a girl, not yet a woman, and put into a tight royal blue mini dress with a wide back belt to sing Oops, I Did It Again. William was worried because he recognized the dress as being one of the girls had made him wear when he was younger. Okay, that was a lot better than Monopoly, laughed Catherine. She can do a pretty good Madonna and Spice Girls, too, responded Monica. I'd love to see that sometime, smiled Catherine. Maybe next time you visit, suggested Monica. I might take you up on that, but I need to get Cinderella home. It's past midnight, said Catherine. Sure, just one thing first, Gina, if you would, directed Monica. Gina stepped toward Williams and deftly grabbed hold of his wrist. Monica reached down in her purse and pulled out a pair of metal police handcuffs. Moving towards her helpless prey, she snapped the cuffs on William's wrist. Hey, what the fuck are you doing? demanded William. I hope you don't mind, Catherine. We thought it might be more fun if Lily stayed this way until tomorrow. We didn't want her taking off or anything. We can remove them if you two stop by for lunch at noon tomorrow, said Monica as William tested his cup and found his wrist secured. The girls were excited about how the evening had gone. They never would have expected that Catherine would go along with what they were doing. She had been the one person they had worried could put a stop to things. But with her seemingly on board, this gave them a green light for a lot of summer fun. So that concludes part one of Summer Reunion. Shayla will be back next week to complete it with part two. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this. I uh, It's good to be back, although I really did need that month off. Um, I have a bunch of audios on the way. After Shayla next week, we're going to introduce Lindsay Hawthorne. I'm going to have an audio from her next week that I'm going to play. Uh, it's a short audio. And then the following week, we'll have her first um, big uh, premiere on here. Lindsay brings something new to the show. She is in her 20s, but she sounds very young, and um, she's going to be great for like high school and college stories. It just Her voice sounds like she's probably in college at some point, and so I think that's going to be great. Uh, today, uh, I kind of managed to wear down Jen Davis. She is going to do Spanked into Skirts. Hopefully that will be... I don't know, the one right after Lindsay, that would be terrific. And uh, I'm trying to get some more from Diane, a little bit more Mistress DJ. I have some short audios from Mistress DJ I'm looking forward to playing. I think they're really good. So there's going to be a lot going on this season, and I hope you'll be here for all of it. I've gotten such great feedback. It's not just like, I love the praise, that's really cool, but it's been so specific and so helpful. 
please keep it feedback coming. Even if it's not complimentary, even if it's like, will you guys shut up and get to the story? I'll take it. But, um, I just, I'm, it's been specific and helpful. So thank you so much. All right. So that concludes a first se- first episode of the new season of the feminization boudoir. And I hope I will, I hope you'll be back next week for, for the second episode. And, uh, Looking forward to just a great time this year. Or not year, this season. So take care, have a great week, and uh, be back next Monday.